This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. My guest today will be a familiar name to many OPI Talk listeners as he has been a regular contributor to OPI over the years and appeared as a speaker at a number of our events. So today I have the pleasure of welcoming to OPI Talk Phil Jones, the Managing Director at Brother UK. Good to see you, Phil. Hello, Andy. Great to see you. Yeah, thanks Thanks for doing this. I just wanted to give a little bit of background to, to this episode. During the OPI online forum a few weeks ago, I was listening to you talking about how how Brother UK has been preparing for a return to the workplace as we come out of COVID. Uh, I found it so on point and so interesting. I thought immediately at the time that would make a great topic for a podcast. Uh, and so here we are today. So uh, thank, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Absolutely no problem at all, Andy. Um, I think there's a lot of insights from... Um, from that talk and actually our lived experience of what we're going through as an employer um, fundamentally which I think will be very interesting mm. for people because we've had to think we've done a lot of work already about how we do some of these things about what changes we've need to make uh, what we've bought how we're mm. reconfiguring our office what does a hybrid working policy look yeah. like how do we bring people back all of those things are things that we're experiencing as an employer. So I think if, if you haven't been through that already, maybe there's some insights that we can bring you today, yeah. uh, which might actually help with your own people. Okay, great. Before we dive in, into that, Phil, perhaps just a quick overview of Brother in the UK, the locations that you have, uh, the number of staff, that kind of thing. Yes, we're, we're based in the northwest of England for, uh, for your international uh, listeners and uh, in a place called Tameside, which is just out, which is part of Greater Manchester, effectively. And on our site here, we, uh, we have 151 employees, of which uh, around about 40 already have permanently worked from home for many, many years. That's mostly our sales force. Mm. And the balance of those individuals uh, would normally be attending the office every day. Now, imagine that you know, many of those people have been working from home for the past 15 months or so just quickly how I mean how has that experience gone for you and what what perhaps have been some of the challenges of that yeah I think when you're leading a business one of the key things that you spend a lot of time on is culture and I think uh, keeping your culture moving has been particularly difficult during this pandemic because of course everyone's become very distributed very very quickly and then really the normal mechanisms that we might have to um, see things, pick things up and understand what might be going on with people by seeing them around an office have become an awful lot more difficult. So I think from my perspective, um, most companies, I guess, in this space have said, well, look, we've managed and we've got on and the business still works. Yes, it does. No, no problem at all. Our business is working. Um, the issue for me is actually about whether the human element of our human element of our culture can be maintained in the way that we used to maintain it before. Maintain it before. That's been the most difficult and taken quite a lot of work. Okay, great. Now, perhaps just remind us, uh, especially again for our international listeners, what is the you know, the official government situation regarding return to the workplace, and and where are you currently with Brother UK? 
Yeah, well, we were all geared up. I mean, the government guideline, uh, Andy, in the UK was that effectively we were going to have a full unlock on the 21st of June. And um, it's the 23rd of June today as we're recording this podcast. So we're all kind of geared up effectively to, to kind of have a return to work, but with a new hybrid working policy, actually. Um, that has now changed in respect of the government guidance has changed, and that is now being delayed until the 19th of July. So effectively now uh, our full, I guess, return to work will be from that date. Okay, you, you've said you've got a hybrid working policy in, in place. The, the reasons that you've decided to, to go down that route? I, I know there's some debate about to what extent uh, people will adopt hybrid, hybrid working. What, what, what's the model that you've, you've favoured at, at Brother? Yeah, it was tricky because, of course, um, you, you're reading a lot about what, what expectations are from employees and then you're seeing what other companies are doing. And I think that also you need to, I think we as an employers need to understand that there's been a sort of quite an existential impact to people uh, of what they've been through, their own lived experiences in the last 12 to 15 months. And as a result of that, the habits have changed and expectations have changed. So we definitely knew we needed to do something. And reviewing all the options, we, we've decided that effectively we'll go with a 3-2 hybrid, which is three days in the office, um, two days basically working from home. Okay. Uh, that's been offered to uh, all employees who fundamentally qualify for that, um, because of course not every uh, employee can. So if you're if you're if you drive the forklift truck in my warehouse, we we need you here. If you're an engineer, we need you here. There are specific health and safety requirements that we have to meet to, for you to do your work. However, um, the bulk of people who've been offered that have taken it. In one or two cases, they have not. They they've actually want to keep coming to the office every day. And that's primarily, I think, for two reasons. One is that they live locally, so actually the commute is not really an issue uh, for those individuals. And secondly, um, there's a mental health issue uh, for those individuals that they just sort of go, you know, well, I'm, I'm just finding it difficult to not be around people. And what we also um, learned that, that is simply, I want my home back. I, I want my home to be the place that I go to retreat to and I want it to be a place of leisure and relaxation, not of output. Mm. So I think the finding the hybrid probably finds the right balance between those two things, that it can still feel like home. Um, and what we've realized is, is that I think people will, will think much more, and we as employees should think about, well, what's the role of an office now? And that's very much been behind some of the thinking that, that we've been doing and now why we're actually having physical work taking place in the, in the building to actually change our layout, to create more social spaces, collaboration spaces, acoustically dampened rooms for, to do podcasts like this and Zoom meetings and all of these sorts of things. It's requiring not just a sort of a, a change of an org chart and a few contract changes, I think it's a fundamental shift in the way that you run your business, Andy. Okay, great. Well, that just that leads perfectly into into my next question was you know, looking back over the, the previous several months, I know you've been you know, proactive in looking at things you've just mentioned, like like the role of the of the office, the role of the workplace. You know, give us some insights into your into your thinking behind that over the past few months, you know, the processes involved and and the steps that you you have taken. Okay, well, I think it's probably best if I outline a quick framework of, of what we've been working to, which is three steps. 
Andy. The first one is I'm calling uh, redesigning. The second one is refamiliarizing. And the third one is reintegrating. So I'll just quickly walk you through what they mean. Redesigning is, you know, from our perspective, now thinking about, okay, redesigning our workplace and our workplace offer. So that includes the hybrid working policy, but also now, I guess, inside the office, what, what now are we offering to people in return for battling through the commute? <laughs> so it, the experience when they get here, I think needs to be worth it to some degree, or they might say, I'm happier at home. So if you think like that, then you're gonna to have to rethink how your spaces work. We know now we're gonna do a lot more business over web conferencing, Zoom or Teams or other. So what are your backgrounds that you want for your sales force to be stood in front of? Have you thought about the noise pollution that's going on in your office? Where can people go to have these conversations now that's private? And we, you know, outside of perhaps a normal meeting room, we didn't have those spaces. So we're now putting those spaces in, for example. Um, we needed to have a lot more hot desking. So for, um, to have hybrid, a hybrid working contract, you can no longer have a full-time desk real estate within Brother UK. You can't have a desk anymore that's yours with your photos on, drawers mm. full of stationery and all these things. You literally must now move to a fully hot desk environment. So that freed up a lot of real estate in the business, which we've now been reconfiguring into soft furnishing areas and the provision of you know, high quality hot desking with all the right equipment on it in order somebody can walk in, have a second screen, Bluetooth keyboard working there and then um, everything set up in order that they, they are not having a worse experience than they are perhaps at home. We, we think they, people's expectation is it's got to be a little bit more than just a desk to sit at with nothing. You know, they, they want a, a kitted out setup. So we've had to do all of that. And then also thinking about things like noise pollution in the office that, that now with everyone's on Teams calls all the time or Zoom calls, it's very difficult to know who's free and who's not free. So we've got to start thinking about that now. So there's a lot of work gone on here, uh, Andy, to, to reconfigure all of our space. And we, we originally were able to sort of reuse a lot of our furniture, but we've had to sort of buy an awful lot of new stuff as well. Things like monitor arms, standing desks, uh, we're upgrading the coffee machines. Um, you know, the standard things, of course, more hand sanitizer stations and, and things that allow um, you know, hygiene within the office fundamentally. But right the way through to, and I never thought we'd be buying these, but we did, is um, do you remember those metal boxes that you used to put your filing inside? Um, well, we've bought 150 of those because we've got, uh, we need to now secure information. So even in the home environment, so when someone comes from home to the office, they put their things in that box and they bring it to us. If someone's hot desking, they have that secure box for their bits and bobs, which is locked away in a yeah. cupboard here. Yeah. So, so people can now have got an ability to quickly transport um, things around. Okay. So it's surprising what you end up buying when you move into this sort of slightly new, uh, newer working environment. It involves a real step change in the way that you run the business. So, so that's the first step, which we call redesigning. The second step is what I call refamiliarization. And, and this is where we've got to go through this process of bringing people back to the office, 
having been at home for 15 months and where everything has really changed about their life and they might have um, some anxiety about coming back they've lost the habit of coming to the office being around people how the flow of work works in a workplace so we've created a space for um, about four weeks which we've been going through already Andy which is just to allow people to come back when it suits them to spend a day here to see people and we've learned that when you ask somebody how have you been and you've not seen each other for 15 months it's like a catch-up with an old friend <laughs> this is not a very quick oh I'm fine how are you it's like no how have you been and people need to tell their lived experience to another and that conversation can take an hour per person for each interaction. This is what's been going on with me. So I think as employees, we've got to allow that breathing room for that to take place. And that in itself is a very settling way of people coming back. And for me, it's very, very important that people have an amazing first day back. <laughs> the first day has got to deliver. It's got to be great. Someone's got to go out this place going, it was so good to be back. And they're experiencing a different physical environment. They're reconnecting with colleagues. I make sure I see every single person that comes through the door for the first time to ask how they are, to have that conversation. And what that's, uh, we also do with that is they're then they're to re-familiarize themselves with the new environment we have internally. Where are things now? <laughs> We've had a big change. A desk that used to be there is no longer there anymore. What are all these rooms? Where are all these seating spaces? How do I get a hot desk? Where are the hot desks? You know, there's so many questions. And this is just allowing us to kind of get people to settle into that. And the third bit, in my view, is what I then call reintegrate. And this will be from the 20, uh, from the 19th of July, Andy. And this will be then how we find our new workplace rhythm, because we're going to have to find this new rhythm. What was before is not now. And therefore, we need to find the right balance between what meetings should just be on a Thursday when most people might be at home and they can just be on teams. We don't really need to sort of burn face to face time with transactional things, for example. So coming to the office now is actually gonna be where we find the value in human interaction, the creative spark, the solving problems, the overhearing things and saying, I've got a solution for that. The shared experience of being in a room with a number of minds working on a single problem you know, in real time. That's really what this space should be now. And we're gonna to have to find that flow and we need to have a, a PDCA approach to that, plan, do, check, act. And that may take, I think, up to three months, Andy, to find that right flow. Okay, interesting, yeah. You, you mentioned some of the, the products that you, you've had to, to acquire. You know, going forward, again, you mentioned that, you know, that those, particular, those file, file holders, those methods that perhaps you never, they never thought to see the light of day again and they're, they're back on your, your shopping list. But when you, when you look globally at some of the products that you're going to be purchasing just for your general office use going forward, how, how will they have changed uh, post-COVID compared with pre-COVID? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, we've got a long list of things that, that, that we're, we're procuring. And I think that one of the things that, that really has brought it home to me in, in the last uh, two or three months as we've been sort of really beginning to gear up the reopening of our workplace is that um, 
the user experience, I guess, of, of websites in the, the trade and the channel needs to continue to significantly improve. Mm. You know, we're interested in, do you have it? How much is it? Is it in stock? And when can I get it? You know, we, we're just interested in that. And it's surprising how many sites you go to where you cannot discover even basic information uh, and somebody's maybe claiming to be in the e-commerce business. Right. So if I have a rallying call for, <laughs> for some of your listeners, it would be really make sure that you, you are competing on the same terms as, as some of the giants out there. Because in a convenience world, an expectation economy, things are, things are very, very different. So we are buying lots of new stuff. Uh, you know, we bought soft furnishings, for example. Mm. We, we wanted that to be feel more like home soft furnishings rather than office soft furnishings, Andy. So, yeah. again, if you look for office furniture, the, the product assortment that you get is not what we want to buy. You know, we want nice sideboards and lamps and, um, mm. you know, funky sofas, not square looking red, blue or green based mm. HQ type furniture. Yeah. So I think that, that there's a bit of a mismatch perhaps between what, what the industry generally supplies or might be supplying in the future and actually what customers might be looking for. So I think that really the, the, the redesign of workplaces will mean we will be buying lots of different things. And that in itself, I think, creates a great opportunity for, yeah. um, for the OP sector. Great. Yeah. And in terms of the tech products, again, a, a, con a continuous need for you know, upgrading your PCs, laptops, your audiovisual yeah. gear, collaboration, online collaboration, tools and, and gear and that, that kind of thing. 100%. <laughs> microphones, cameras, mm. uh, you name it, stand-up desks, ability to you know, adjust seating positions, monitor positions. Um, you know, in my own home office, I bought you know 32-inch widescreen uh, monitor because it, it allows me to be more productive at home. Mm. I then realized that I wanted that same setup in the office and I just replicated in the office what yeah. I have at home, same monitor. Um, so a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of doubling up, in fact, in terms of... of of what items you're buying for the hope for the home and for the office. And I think there's a huge clue in that, Andy. It's like <laughs> people are kind of going, I want two of everything because almost I want to replicate my experience as much as I can. And when I think about our hot desks here, I already mentioned what we bought uh, monitor arms, monitors, mouse mats, Bluetooth mice and keyboard, all for each one of those stations. And we've had to equip at least 30 of them in order that we've got the right desk real estate available mm. for the hybrid working. So that, that's been a sort of a job to just get out and get those bought and get them delivered, set up and configured, right the way down to USB hubs. You know, that each station's got then a USB hub mm. um, in order that we can make sure that the, the small uh, radio receivers for the Bluetooth keyboards don't go walking home with people when they leave at the end of the day. So these are all small details that you need to overlook. But I think, again, it's tremendous opportunity for, uh, for anyone in the OP sector that can go, look, do you just need to buy a hot desking solution? Here it is. Here's all of those things that you need. We can deliver it in a box. If you unbox this, anybody with any laptop is going to be able to effectively work with an extended screen, adjust that screen, still have a keyboard and mouse, and be able to work productively. Yeah. How does that sound? And we can do it for less than 500 quid a station, for example. Yeah. You know, customers are thinking in that way. Tell me, tell me how you can help me solve my pain. I don't want to buy nine things from nine different suppliers and yeah. then knit them all together. Mm. 
can you do it all in a box and maybe someone come and help me put it together? That is where the value is in my view. Yeah. In terms of COVID and hygiene protocols impacting the, the layout of the, of the office and maybe some of the products that you, you, you've had to install, how, how's, how's that gone? Yes, it's driven quite a lot, actually, Andy. We, we, you know, we think about our journey from the moment you arrive to the moment you leave, fundamentally. So not only just the building routing, but of course, we've got temp- automatic temperature check on arrival now. Mm. We, we've, we've got an application that allows you to book desks in advance and resources in advance. We've looked at distancing between desks, screens, you name it, sanitizers, sanitizer stations, entry and exit points, mm. everything. You know, we even also have face mask wearing in the building uh, while you're working, you know, while you're walking around in them. So we're, we're kind of replicating what the government advice is sort of internally. And one, one thing I've really realized is that when people come back to the office, that they absolutely want to feel that they are safe and secure. And mm. it, it, it it's great when I hear people say to me, my colleagues, when they come here for the first time, I feel really safe here. I, I, it's much safer than a supermarket or a pub or any other place. You know, we, we really have thoughts about things here. Mm. And what's interesting, um, I did a poll in LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, Andy, where I just asked people, what, if you got your first business meeting mm. with your biggest customer, and they, you know, the hand goes straight out for a handshake. What are you going to do? Mm. And I had 500 responses to that poll. I just want to share the responses because it's, it's because I think it informs something about also your office. That effectively, if, 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 if it were 10 people, if we take 500 away for a moment, go for every 10 people that you employ, four are happy to shake your hand. Three people want a fist or elbow bump. Mm. Two people don't even want you in their personal space at all, <laughs> i.e. stay away completely, don't do either. And one's going for the big hug. <laughs> so distilling that down further, eight out of 10 people are reasonably comfortable, it looks like, with sort mm. of interaction. Yeah. Two out of 10 are definitely not. So if, if I think about a Brother UK, that means I've got 150 people broadly. That means 30 people in this organisation have still got an issue with being around people and touching people of any kind. Mm. So you've got to think about that now as an employer, before you sort of ring the bell and say, everyone come back, your employees want to know that you've thought about them and can Mm. answer their anxieties about how safe they will be Mm. in your workplace. Yeah, yeah. In in general, how how do how do your staff feel about coming back to the office? Well, I'm very lucky uh, that actually people are really comfortable uh, even today to to come back. And mm. it, it's strange, Andy, because for example, last week as part of this sort of uh, refamiliarisation activity, probably the most impacted of our entire employee base has been the salespeople who really have been restricted from going to see customers, coming to the office. And they're mostly extroverted and sort of being away from that, that, that buzz of the business, I think has been really challenging for them. And although they've all been on Teams calls every week and drinks on a Friday and, you know, trying to keep motivation levels up. I had four members of a sales team visit last Monday and I walked into the room and, and they were all tearful. <laughs> the joy mm. of being together again, even though they've been on screens mm. for 15 months, the sheer joy of them being in the same room 
made me, you know, made me feel so happy. And it's that actually that, that we've got a great culture here, which, which, which I'm always promoting. And I think it's about finding the balance, really, not forcing people, which is what this refamiliarization period is all about. It's come when you're comfortable. If to book a day when it suits you, you know, we've got no expectations. We're not expecting you to sort of be at productivity level 10. Actually, we're just saying, come to the office for the day, see people, have that experience. And that in itself will, will start the reinforcing activity that it's good to be back. And so from my point of view, um, the sales team are all desperate. They're, they're, they're probably waiting for a gun to go and they'll all be through the door like a shot. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very conscious that we've got to take this at the, the, the pace that people prefer rather than what we prefer to force. Obviously, you've invested a lot of money on your, your new office layout. Some people have said you know, this hybrid working trend is just a fad and people go back working full time in the office sooner or, or, or later. What, what's your view on that? Uh, I disagree. Um, I, you know, I'm very, always very, very uh, keen to understand the differences between fads and trends. Of course, the difference is, is you know, a fad comes and goes and a trend sticks. Um, th this one is going to stick. And uh, we're seeing already now that um, the housing market is moving massively and the jobs market is moving massively. Those are two leading indicators that you can look at right here, right now, that says how what choices do people want to make about where they want to work and live in the future mm. and in my view if you're not offering some sort of um, hybrid working via rotor or flexible working then you're quickly going to see that that ultimately either you're not going to get the best people or some of your best people are going to leave and we've actually already had a few people leave us even though we've done all of this <laughs> and and you might ask yourself well why is that happening and I just want to loop back to this point about ex the existential nature of what everyone's been through. It's made people deeply reflect about what they want from their lives. And some of those individuals who were with me are like moving house totally. They're going to the other end of the country, having a life change. Mm. Because what they've realized is, is actually, do you know what? There's more to life than this. And, um, and I'm absolutely okay with that. And, and, you know, our platform here as an employer is only ever about, uh, growing people and allowing people to improve their lives so they, they, they've gone into the sunset you know with us all waving them off all, all happy and tearful <laughs> because they've made a positive new choice yeah. for their life yeah. which is completely okay so I, I think that, that that really from my perspective if you don't there will be a price that you will pay you may not see immediately the that price but that price will emerge mm. And I, I think for us as an employer, I wanted to send a strong signal to our own people that, that we are always relevant. You know, we, we can understand what's going on. We think we know what, what's got to happen with the um, proposition of working at Brother UK and keep it up to date. We're not going fully flexible. We're doing 3-2 via a rotor because we need predictability of who's in when and also that we can manage the resources and all of those sorts of different things. And that is enough for people right now. On the journey, we may get fully flexible down the road, Andy. We'll see. But you must start something, in my opinion. Yeah. And of course, 
I guess you have to be ready in case there's another out, outbreak and you've got all these protocols in place that if you, you know, we've just seen Sydney in Australia, they've got an outbreak there, they're, they're taking taking some measures. So you know, who knows what the situation could be even in just a few weeks time, but we need to say to everyone, look, you've got to go back back working from home for, for a few weeks. Yes, yes, indeed. And I think we, we've all got to understand that the the COVID nature of, of different variants of, of different um, viruses that exist in that whole family uh, will be with us now for many years to come. And uh, I guess it's about how we now live with this environment and, and how we begin to integrate that into our lives, even though we, we, we're all perhaps going to be more vaccinated and, mm. and more resilient to the consequences of such a thing. So, so let's think that way as an industry and then think about that. And, you know, for me, we labelled all this in complete initiative uh, within Brother UK as, as reworking work. All of these initiatives, we put it under there to say, how do we rework work, given everything we've been through and everything that we've learned, and then looking forward that this is not going to be a moment when we just spring back to how things were. This is actually now we've got to change as a result of what we've lived through. And we've got to change our building. We've got to change our contract of employment. We've got to change the way we communicate with people. We've got to change everything. And as a result of that, that that comes with a lot of work, Andy. Don't get me. We have spent months doing all of this, uh, you know, dealing with the getting the building plans and finding the right people to do the job and sourcing all this stuff. The HR issues, the consultation seeing who can do hybrid, who can't, having the conversations, what suits you, what doesn't. Massive amount of work, but the payoff in that work will be significant in my view. And I feel very comfortable in all the feedback we're receiving from the people that I work with about where we've moved to seems very on point with their expectations as the community of people uh, working, uh, working day to day within the business. Okay, great. Listen, Phil, very insightful, very interesting, as always, and certainly appreciate your time uh, talking to us this morning. Thank you. Pleasure, Andy. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.